Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the NFL Central Podcast, where we take a look at the great sport of American football from over here in Australia. This is the uh, Divisional Round recap show uh, and what a weekend of football it was. Many are saying the best uh, weekend of football in history, or at least in living memory, um, for cracking games. Uh, Vaship and, and Gordon beat with you. Um, look, Gordon, we talked about last week after the wildcard round where we had to be honest, five out of six games, pretty disappointing. We said we're due for, you know, four good matchups. These games had the, the um, potential to be entertaining and they were the first three ending on game-winning field goals by the visiting team. And then that classic between the Bills and the Chiefs to conclude it went to overtime. Um, gee, football's in a good place right now. Yeah, no, I think that has to have been the best, not just divisional weekend, but best weekend in general of playoffs. Oh, in a long time, pretty much as long as I can remember in my time watching football, that was, I don't remember a weekend ever being that entertaining. Um, obviously, the four walk-off scores, I don't think that's ever happened before. Um, obviously, there's been some controversy around it, some questions, particularly about overtime and whether the rules should be changed. But realistically, I mean, it was just an entertaining weekend regardless. And luckily as well, I don't think there were too many bad ref decisions for the first time in quite a while. We could just focus on the football and it's not all about the referees and the decisions being made. It was just pure football. Yeah, I mean, there was only the uh, Tom Brady fans getting a little bit salty about a penalty there in the Bucks game, but we'll get on to all of that later. In particular, that Bills-Chiefs game, I thought that was really well refed. I'd look to see John Hussey's crew um, in the Super Bowl in, uh, what's that uh, now, three weeks' time. Um well, you mentioned how good all these games were. I mean, the only weekend of players that I can think is maybe, I think it was 2018-19, the championship round. That was when both games went to overtime. Obviously, the Rams beat the Saints on the road in controversial um, circumstances, the no-call on the DPI. And then you had that great game in Kansas City where uh, the Pats got the ball first in overtime, scored. And that was actually what started this debate, I mean, perhaps even prior to it in the Super Bowl with the Pats and the Falcons, about having another possession in overtime if the first team to get the ball scores a touchdown. You can complain all you want at the league, but you can't complain at the Chiefs because Andy Reid took that to the rules committee and said, we want to change that. There wasn't enough support. They couldn't even get a vote on it. Um, and I believe actually that's one of those ones that has to be voted on by each owner. Um, they couldn't get a vote on it. Now I think that'll be a big talking point of the offseason, but we will move on to that. Uh, we'll save the best for last. We'll start in Tennessee, the one seed Titans. They did have Derrick Henry back against the Cincinnati Bengals and Evan McPherson, um, the hero once again, the rookie kicker for the Bengals out of Florida, 52 yards out as time expired. Good to send the Bengals to their first AFC championship game since the 1988-89 season. Um, he was brilliant all day, Gordo. Four for four on field goals, two from 50-plus. And there's that great line that Joe Burrow said that um, I think they'd taken a timeout before um, McPherson went out to kick. And he said to him, well, it looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game. That confidence, um, I think it's good to see because so often kickers um, get a really rough time for missing kicks. I think we should celebrate. He's the first kicker to make four kicks um, for field goals uh, two weeks in a row in the postseason. Um, and... I mean, there's a lot to get into the game, but I just wanted to start there with how much of a difference that makes having a good kicker. And, you know, he's a key part of why they're in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, if you've got a guy that's reliable and can consistently hit them, you're going to go far. I mean, so many teams overlook the, the kicker position. I mean, we saw a few years ago uh, the Bears, for example, with the double doink. I mean, kickers win and lose you games. It's an underappreciated part of football. And, I mean, the, a lot of... There's always a lot of talk around when you actually draft a kicker as opposed to picking one off like free agency or whatever. But I mean, if you're getting a guy that can win you 
uh, playoff games, you're bound to pick him in the fifth round. I mean, picking who was it, the Bucks a couple of years ago, taking one in the second round, maybe that's a bit of overkill. But if you can find the right kicker, you do it. That's just what works. Yeah, absolutely. We take a little look, 19 to 16, this final. It was defensively dominated for much of the game, 9 to 6 at the half. The Bengals led. Um, the real story of the day was Tennessee's defense, nine sacks for 68 yards, gobbling up um, gobbling up um, Joe Burrow in the backfield there. Jeffrey Simmons had three of those. Um, you know, yet we look at the score and they were able to win. I mean, a key pass from Burrow uh, to chase in that final drive, brought about by Ryan Tannehill's third interceptions. But uh, if you're the Tennessee defense, you know, you get to 19 points, Burrow doesn't have a passing touchdown. Um, you know, they only had 65 yards on the ground. Uh, you've had nine sacks. Um, Burrow did throw an interception, and yet, you know, you're losing. Um, that's got to be really tough for this defensive unit. Yeah, no, I mean, it raises a lot of questions, I think, for Tennessee. All year we saw, even coming into the year, we saw them as this really offensive team, and the defence, I think, was probably thought of as below average or just straight up bad by many people. But right now, I mean, this was an incredible defensive performance from them. And, yeah, yeah the offence just, they got everyone back. Everyone was supposedly healthy. I'm not sure how healthy Derrick Henry truly was. I mean, I think he was pretty clearly outplayed by Deontay Foreman, who I think had more yards than him on the ground. Uh, what was it? Mm. Foreman had four carries for 66 yards. Henry had 20 for 62. Yeah. It, it, it really confused me why Tennessee, they could probably see that Foreman was healthier. Henry was being uncharacteristically stopped. I mean, that fourth down. Normally, you'd yeah. have, what was it, in the fourth quarter, normally fourth and one, third and one, even when they ran the option, that'd be an automatic game for Henry, but he, I think, clearly wasn't right. Foreman should have got more on the ball and supported Tannehill, but in the end, they didn't, and that probably played a big part in losing in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Just one more point on that defense stat that I found pretty amazing. So Joe Burrow passing yards, 348. 242 of those were after the catch, um, you know, and you look at the likes of Jamar Chase over 100 yards again, T Higgins, 96, Uzama, 71. I'm even mixing 50 out of the backfield. Because of the pressure that was coming on Burrow, he was having to get the ball out quick, but his receivers were able to make moves in the open, in the field, uh, in congested traffic. Um, and that was really key. No more than so on that last drive. Back to the offense for the Titans, as you said. Um, starting with that running, I mean, that, that foreman, when he, it was, I think it was the last quarter. It could have been their second last drive, actually, the one that ended on that fourth down stop where foreman broke out two big runs of about, um, of about, 10, 15 yards, and you thought this is when their offense looked most dangerous the whole day when they were giving it to Foreman and not Henry, yet they still did sick, as you say, 20 carries for only 62 yards. He obviously got the touchdown, but two key plays for this team. One, as you mentioned, with about seven minutes to go in the last quarter on fourth and one from the Cincinnati 35 um, with scores level at this point on 16. I actually advocated for them to kick it. Gordo, you advocated for them to go for it, which uh, admittedly, according to the analytics, was the right go. The play call was questioned. The handoff to Henry was stuffed immediately, never had a chance of getting it. They lose there. Bengals get the ball back. They do punt, but a later interception from Tannehill would get on to. Uh, and the other play was in the first half, Gordo, when they score their only touchdown for the game, um, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and then there's a, a penalty, a too many men on the field on the extra point to Cincinnati, uh, so ball goes to the one. We've seen coaches go for two. He does in this case, Ray. Well, I'm not sure it made the most sense. Um, they fail uh, and that point. Um, well, in the end, they lose by three, but that, that, that really kind of changes the whole idea of the game. They could have been a point up late. Um, two calls there, and you'd have to say two coaching decisions, whether or not it's Todd down in the OC or Vrabel, that um, they'll be haunting them over the off season. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think 
a lot of the Titans fans that I've seen are really upset with Todd Downing. Um, mm. Just every facet of the game. I mean, all year, really, they've been sort of up and down. I mean, that very first game that they played against Arizona, where that finished, what, 38 to 13 or something, yeah. I think, in the end, where they just got completely outplayed on offense and just so often throughout the year, yes, I'm missing Henry. Yes, AJ Brown missed time. Yes, Julio missed time. But even then, this was still a pretty good team. But mm. it was just so up and down on offense. It was really the defense that was the real consistent one throughout the year, which I don't think anyone really expected. Yeah, it's an interesting one. When Todd Downing was first uh, promoted, of course, Arthur Smith losing, leaving for the Atlanta job, um, I was skeptical. And as the year went on and everyone kept saying he's doing a good job, I was thinking, is he really this, the de- as you said, this is now a defensively oriented team. And then Iron Eagle on the call said, um, you know, it's been really impressive. And I thought, well, I'm not sure about that. And I mean, <laughs> it's funny. You talk about the commentator's curse. We have to talk about Ryan Tannehill with these three picks. First play of scrimmage from the 25 um, with the ball. Iron Eagle says they, I think they won three in a row to finish the season. They didn't have a turnover in any of those games. And what do you know? Tannehill, not a good pass intercepted by Jesse Bates. Um, and, I mean, that was a sign of things to come. It was his first pass today, his first pass of the second half, and the last pass ended up of the Titans' season on third and five. Um, from memory, it was just about just under half a minute to go, Gordon. It was one of those interesting situations where the Bengals didn't want to take a timeout in case the Titans converted. The Titans didn't want to take a timeout in case they were stuffed on fourth down and had to punt it back. But in the end, fortune favoured the Bengals. Tannehill's pass tipped um, off Nick Westbrook and intercepted by Logan Wilson, um, and Ryan Tannehill, more t- uh, interceptions this season, the previous two concerned, this has been a decline, and surely now we have to be, I mean, I think I'm of the opinion that they won't win a Super Bowl with him at the quarterback position. Yeah, I think I think most people have come around to that now. At the start of the year, I think a lot of us were thinking, okay, yeah, he's at worst. Um, I mean, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl a few years ago, and you'd have to say, okay, he's below them. Nick Foles has managed to win Super Bowls. All you need is at worst, a game manager back there. But Tannehill, considering what he's being paid, I think that's the big issue here. If he was on a way cheaper contract, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he, I'm pretty sure he got a five-year deal on them after that 2019 season. Gee, was it that so, big, was it? Ooh. I think – I can't remember exactly. I'm just checking. But, yeah, even then, it just – I don't know. He doesn't seem like the real Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Like, yes, he's good in the right situation, but – you need the situation to be perfect. Um, you go, he's through till the end of next year. It was four years and 118 million. Ooh. So, yeah, it, it feels like they're going to probably look to move on. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they've got the ability to trade for somebody or I don't think you want a rookie with this roster. You want to capitalise on the roster now. So, mm. I don't know, they're sort of in that weird middle ground at the moment where they're not, their quarterback's not good enough to win them a Super Bowl or even playoff games, but they're not going to be bad enough to bottom out, especially in that division as well. We know that mm. they're going to probably win the division again next year. They're at the point where, yeah, they're going to win the division, but no one's going to believe them until they actually do anything in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting one. Even though they were the one seed, a lot of people felt like it wouldn't be a big upset for the Bengals to win. To be fair, you and I both did take the Titans, but it didn't surprise, I don't think, anyone to see the Bengals win this one. Good for them. On to the AFC, AFC Championship. And as I mentioned, a bit of fortune, um, really good thing. The CBS cameras were caught Zach Taylor trying to take a timeout before that game ceiling. Well, not game ceiling, that pick that allowed them to have a chance at the game-winning field goal. Um, and it wasn't picked up on by the officials. Now, that's not an official error. You do have to, as a coach, 
um, make it clear. So that was another thing that went their way. And we have to mention, the, uh, I mean, they get the ball back with 20 seconds. Overtime still very much on the cards and a 19-yard pass to Jamar Chase. Um, that connection is just amazing. Over 100 yards, uh, Chase joins Chris Collinsworth, who's, of course, well-known for his broadcasting as the only two Bengals wide receivers to have 100 or more yards in their two playoff games. Um, so that's big. That's big for them. Uh, and he's going to be massive if you think they've got a chance, Gordon, next week um, against the Chiefs. Yeah, no, you've got to think. So we know what the Chiefs can do. The Bengals have to keep up and they're going to keep throwing the ball. Um, the running game, I don't think it's going to win them this game at all. I mean, Mixon had 50 yards again against Tennessee. It really feels like towards the end of this year, they've gone, yeah, we're just going to throw the ball all game. And I mean, it's working. So, yeah, you've got to look for something similar with Chase. We saw uh, Gabe Davis go for, what was it, 204 touchdowns? last night. Um, so Chase, I mean, I think we'd all rank him above Gabriel Davis. So I, mean, I don't think he's going to go for 200 yards and four scores again, but it, it could be a pretty big night for him. Yep, absolutely. Okie dokie. So yes, the Bengals moving on. What a story this season. The Tennessee Titans going home one and done in the playoffs. Three picks for Ryan Tannehill. A lot to think about over the offseason in Nashville. Just for the record, that was the first Bengals ever road playoff win. They were 0-7 coming in. We move to Lambeau Field. Um, I know this is going to uh, be a bit of a struggle for my co-host as a Packers fan. 13-10, the San Francisco 49ers pulling off the upset. Another game-winning field goal by a visiting kicker, Robbie Gold. Good down the middle from 45 yards away. A lot to unpack, but for a good five-minute chunk, I'm going to give this over to you, Gordo. Um, what went wrong and why is it that the Packers are not progressing onwards in the playoffs? I mean, it, it's been a battle, I think, in the Packers fan base over the last couple of days as to who's really to blame for this, whether it was the offense or the special teams. I mean, I don't think you can put anything on the defense in this game. This was the best Packers defense I've seen probably ever, really. It was an incredible performance. All these years, people have been asking, okay, when's Rogers going to get this defense in the playoffs? They kept San Francisco to six points, realistically, because of the touchdown came off the block punt. So... This defense was incredible for the Packers. I think they're the only ones that are really safe from any blame here. You've got to look at the offense and the special teams. I mean, the most obvious one here is the special teams. I think most people saw this coming from the middle or even early in the year. Uh, I think I said after the Bears game, this special teams unit is going to cost us in the playoffs if nothing's done and nothing was done. And look what happened. I think it's that simple. Everyone could see that this was going to be the issue moving forward and nothing was done to fix it, except they decided to put starters into the special teams unit and then you end up getting your backup running back hurt by doing it. So it was just, I'm not as annoyed as I thought I would be. I sort of saw this coming. I think it was that simple San Francisco. They've always given us trouble in the playoffs and it just, it really didn't feel like this was actually going to be our year to do it. Uh, with all the injuries, with everything happening. It, I don't know. It, it was just a frustrating night, but it was one that I think I saw coming. But the offense, I mean, they looked so good on that first drive. It was, what, 10 plays, 70 yards. I don't think there was a third down on the drive. It was just, yeah, we're moving the ball. The ball's from that. Rogers is on target. Everyone's getting it. Touchdown, then force a three and out with, with the Zadarius Smith sack as well. So everything's going well. And then, you got the fumble from Mercedes Lewis, and from then on, it really felt like the offense just shut down completely, it, which has been a problem over the last few years. There's one turnover 
and all of a sudden everything just sort of stops. It's I don't know if it's a mental thing or what with this offense, but they sort of just go into their shells, get more conservative, and from then on, just nothing happens. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And, uh, I mean, I think there were some fingers pointed at Lafleur. He is the offensive play caller, of course, with Nathaniel Hackett. And, yes, you can point to the special teams. And, again, that's his purview. Uh, I believe there was a quote going back. Is after last year's playoff exit, they asked, are you considering a change? And they didn't. I believe they promoted the assistant special teams coordinator. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't see. Yeah. Last year was the worst special teams unit in the league. And it's like, okay, yep, we're going to fix it by promoting from within. That just makes does not no make sense. any sense. Mm. Um, and then, of course, he's the play caller here. And, I mean, he was quoted as saying what all the coaches say. You know, it's my fault. I didn't get our team prepared enough to play. And there is a lot of blame on that offensive, as you've said, and not just on him, on, you know, the likely MVP quarterback and the other stars on that team, that they were in some kind of rut. And it was like you you said, you know, they had a one good drive. It's like the Chiefs in years past where the 15 scripted plays down the field, they look beautiful, and then they just get into a rut and they can't get out of it. Now, normally KC comes out of it for 15 minutes. The Packers never really came out of it. They had that one drive deep into the red zone was that a thing of the fourth quarter maybe and um a sack on third down kept that to a field goal and then of course you had the blocked field goal to win the first half so that's another special piece point as we as you mentioned the block punt for a touchdown san francisco also didn't do enough um on offense but uh, jimmy g's getting probably nowhere near as much criticism i mean troy aikman certainly was a bit frustrated than aaron Rodgers is after this game because um and you say it's as simple as that special teams whereas the defense played well on both sides um, what do you think this does? I know Rogers quoted as saying, you know, I don't want to be here for a rebuild. There are a lot of free agents on this team. I know Nathaniel Hackett's a finalist now for the Denver job, one of three. If he goes there, do you think there's a high chance of Denver going with him? Denver has always been atop that list of teams you would think that would be um, keen on Aaron Rodgers if he left Green Bay. I mean, it's going to be tough, I think, at this point to keep him. Um, I, I wouldn't really mind either way. It feels like, okay, if you keep Rodgers, it's going to be one more push for the Super Bowl again. But without him, it really feels like it would be the start of a rebuild. I mean, I think at the moment uh, they're 50 million over the cap or something for next year. So something has to be done. If Rogers was to stay, I think it'd be, there'd be so many more cuts that would have to happen. So if, if Rogers goes and say Adams goes with him, then you've got to make so many fewer cuts that you still got a decent team around love. So I personally think he's gone at this point, Denver would make sense. Um, Honestly, I'd be happy with something like a couple first-round picks and maybe Jerry Judy or something like that. I think that'd get it done. Um, Pittsburgh's another option. But, I mean, if, if he stays, then, yes, it's probably one more year of contention. But it just feels like the three years in a row now, you come up short in the playoffs, and this year it's a regression. It's a divisional round. I don't know how much longer you can keep trying the same thing. It's been mostly the same core. It's the same issues every time. I don't know how much longer you can keep that going. So it really feels like it is time for a reset. Yeah, I mean, I heard some people saying that Lafleur should be on the hot seat. I certainly don't agree with that, but I would think that um, it's going to be very interesting him going forward with, if it's Jordan Love starting. That's, you know, he's coasted by with Aaron Rodgers so far. That's going to be a big test for that coaching staff. Poor old Joe Barry's coming. He's that a good defense, but the offense lets them down different to in previous years. And we've talked about the special teams um, on the San Francisco side. Uh, props to Robbie Gold. Um, you know, he hits two field goals, including that winner. He has never missed a kick. He's 39 years old, 17 seasons. He's never missed a kick in the postseason, extra point or field goal. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers, that's two upsets now. 
And they will be feeling very confident. We saw what they did to the Rams in week 18 from down 17 to nothing. They've six straight wins now they have on the Rams. This, they were three and five, and this whole season kickstarted against the Rams in that Monday night game in uh, was it November, Gordo. Um, they would not be feeling bashful or, uh, at all about this matchup with the Rams. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the only worry I'd have for them is that so far, it really feels like they didn't. I mean, yes, they obviously won the games, but it feels like the other teams that they played, Dallas and now Green Bay, lost it more than San Francisco won it. Like Dallas, we saw all the issues they had on offense and realistically San Fran had what one really good drive to start that game. After that, the offense sort of shut down. Jimmy G turned it over. Then here, I mean, this offense was bad for the majority of the game. Um, I mean, Garoppolo completed what, seven passes, something like that. Um, it, it, I mean, yes, they've done enough to get here and I think they're still a good team, but I'm not sure if they're off if the offense dishes up something like that again, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Rams. I think it's that simple. They have to get back to that really um, scoring a lot more points than what they have for the last couple of weeks on offense and more consistently mm. as well. I mean, it was what six points on offense against the package. That's not going to win you yeah. the game this weekend. No. Um, well, I probably wish they were playing the Packers again. Aaron Rodgers, the only quarterback in NFL history now to lose four playoff starts to a single opponent, um, which shocks me, to be honest. Uh, Debo Samuel, um, you know, a big game again. As you said, he's going to have to be very crucial and is probably one of their most valuable players on either side of the ball as they go into this NFC Championship. And D'Amico Ryan's defensive coordinator certainly, I think, deserves, as does Joe Barry, um, a nod. I think he interviewed for a couple of head coaching jobs and may not get one, but what a performance in this first year. Okay. Kidoki, the next game on the slate. We we had to take a deep breath after those two close games on Saturday, and through much of this first Sunday game down in Tampa Bay, it seemed like we weren't going to have a close game, twenty-seven to three. And then people realised, oh, that's Tom Brady on the sideline for the Bucks. We all remember twenty-eight to three. I wouldn't be going anywhere. Do not adjust your sets. And what do you know? A rapid comeback. Um, what what is there to say about it? Um, Twenty four points in a matter of in a matter of about fifteen minutes of actual game time. Um, they tied up at twenty seven um, with forty two seconds to go. Leonard Fournette uh, to the right side on fourth and well inches really to the end zone. But forty two seconds. It was a time to step up for Matthew Stafford, and exactly that is exactly what he did. Back to back Cooper Cup receptions, one for twenty, and then one right down the middle for forty four yards right to the Tampa Bay twelve. Um, where Matt Gay hit from 30 to send the Los Angeles Rams back to LA to host the NFC Championship game. And then hopefully for them, well, will, the Super Bowl, um, they, they would be the only team to host the NFC Championship and Super Bowl in back-to-back weeks. They did it. They slayed the beast. Tampa Bay will not repeat as Super Bowl champions. That curse lives on, um, what is that, 17 years now since the 2003 four Patriots. But um, you'd have to say, Gordo, the hearts are in the mouths of the Rams fans. And I think everyone who isn't a Bucks fan or perhaps a Pats fan, when they thought, surely Brady can't come back and do this again. But, um, you know, the more game time we saw into that fourth quarter, it looked like it would happen. But, uh, yes, ultimately the Rams get the win, but it wasn't without a fright. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, I think uh, at, what, 27-3, it was, what, early in the third quarter, it really felt like, yeah, okay, anyone but Brady on the other side. And I think I would have almost turned the game off. But it's just like, yeah, okay, you just have this feeling that something's happening. He um, he got upset at the refs at one point. I think that was in the second quarter. So it really felt like he was, he had a real drive to win this game. I mean, he always does. But it felt whenever Brady gets in arguments with the refs or whatever, it feels like that gives him a bit extra as well. Um, and, yeah, it was just, 
I mean, credit to the Tampa Bay defense as well. Um, yes, they were bad for a lot of this game, but they did force those fumbles. Um, they, I think the biggest point was just before halftime, um, the Rams are down what on the 20-yard line and the Bucs forced the fumble to stop it going up 27-3 before halftime, which might have almost done it. I feel 27 points at halftime and the Rams get the ball starting the third quarter, that would have almost done it, I think, if they'd done that. But that fumble there, got the ball back. Um, they didn't do anything with it, obviously. But then that really started, I think, kick-started the defence, maybe getting some confidence. And then, yeah, it just kept going. Um, the last quarter of this is one of the weirdest last quarters I think you'll ever see. Uh, I mean, it starts with what was there was the I think it started with what the Brady fumble, Von Miller strip sacks him, and then the very next play, the ball goes over Stafford's head on the snap. Uh, then there's a turnover on downs. The Rams miss a what was it, 47 yard field goal. I mean, it didn't like go wide; it was short. I don't know how that's even possible in perfect weather. Um, then there's a Rams fumble on the next drive. It, it was just. <laughs> It was insane, this last quarter a bit. I, I I mean, I thought it wouldn't get topped, but then obviously we had the later game as well. But just everything you want in a finish to a football game. Yeah, and to go back to the end of the first half, so Brady's picked by Nick Scott. Um, uh, I think it was at the 31-yard line or so they started of the Bucks, And they're, you know, um, it was... Uh, there's like two minutes to go and then they're really letting the time run out. And then they run the ball with acres and you think there's like 15 seconds to go here. Um, and initially he's ruled down and they take a timeout and you think, okay, they probably got a couple of shots at the end zone. Uh, and then, you know, on review, his head wasn't quite down. The ball was just dislodging itself from his hands. So uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. recovers. And as you said, that was a really big turning point. Um, they get the touchdown anyway, midway to the third, the Rams, um, he runs it in Stafford. It all looks good. And then, they get a field goal. And then, as you say, I think that's the biggest play is that fumble where the first play of the ensuing drive, um, starting at the 40 and the center is uh, snaps. It clearly staff is not ready way over his head. And then um, uh, Sean Murphy bunting recovers it. And, and then suddenly the bucks have the ball at 30 of the Rams. They get it. And their next three drives go um, touchdown. Oh, excuse me. And then of course the next drive, um, how can we have forgotten this, that uh, Von Miller Saxon fumbles, as you mentioned, Tom Brady, um, and then, uh, again, there's, it, as you said, a wild last quarter, I think is the best way to describe it. But the only difference to what we're used to seeing is that Tom Brady didn't end up on top. There are retirement rumours swirling now. Um, I think, to be honest, I, I don't think he's made a decision yet. I think that will come in due course. Got to talk to the family. I think there was a quote from Giselle saying she doesn't like him getting hit or whatever. Seems his good luck with officials might have finally ran out. Of course, you mentioned Gordo, uh, Ed, uh, Ed Hockley. Um, what's his sure. first name? Sure, yes. Um, who actually has been one of the more marginalized officials this year, somehow got a playoff game, he got a divisional round game, and then Brady, uh, after he got hit, there was blood on his lip, um, pretty much screaming at the official who determined that it was abusive level. And again, a 15 yard penalty, first ever in his career, Al Michaels said on the telecast. Um, but yes, an interesting day. The Rams are moving forward. And I mean, as I said, Gordo, uh, when he had two, Cooper Cup stood up, um, nine catches, 183. And a touchdown. And I think, I mean, at the moment, I think the Rams are the favourites to come out of the NFC. Is that your reading on it, despite the history the Niners have? I think so. Um, I think the Rams are better on both sides of the ball. I mean, the Niners' defence really impressed me against the Packers. But, yeah, that offence, I just don't think I can get behind it, especially considering 
Uh, Debo got hurt. He obviously came back on, but it looked like he got beat up a bit. And then Trent Williams was limping as well. So I'm not sure that I trust this Niners offense if they're even slightly hurt. Uh, so, yeah, I think I've got to go with the Rams here. Um, at home, I don't know how much of an impact that'll have considering that San Fran's in California as well. But, yeah, I think you've got to go with the Rams here. Well, it's funny because of what happened in week 18 with the crowd. They initially said that they were only going to sell tickets to the championship game for LA residents, but uh, that's been changed now. Um, one thing you can say is the reason why the Rams defense had such a good day for the first three quarters and a bit, they dominated this game, right? Um, possibly those injuries showed up. No Tristan Wirfs in the end there. Um, Tom Brady sacked three times, but a lot more pressure was, um, was coming on him. Uh, and that's a positive for Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, who's getting some head coaching looks now. Um, so that'll be big how that all the money they spent on that defense. Uh, and then the Bucks defense, Todd Bowles, another head coach candidate, uh, wouldn't be pretty looking at the film of that last drive, Gordo, uh, Cooper Cup, whether or not it was a blown coverage. They didn't look ready for the snap of the ball, the defense, if you look at the film. Um, and in the end, yeah, there's a one-on-one play in Cooper Cup pretty much. Well, that that won the game, that one play, and they were really disorientated on defense at a key moment. Um, it, it was, I mean, they've been up and down all year, this, this unit, but... Um, yeah, it was – I mean, this was the first game where they'd had their starting 11 on the field from the Super Bowl. Al Michaels mentioned that. But uh, it didn't all come together at a key time, and that's why they're not going to be in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I mean, this, that final play, I think, is the one that everyone's going to point to. It was – I don't know if calling a cover zero on the last play – not the last play, but on the key play of the game is the right call. Um, I think Antoine Winfield played it wrong. I think he came too far down and was meant to get over the top of Cup, not behind him. But, yeah, it, I, I don't know if you can judge a guy's head coach credentials, potentially, like Bowles is, obviously, off one play. Um, he's shown over the last few years, I think, that he's going to be – I think he's a pretty good candidate. I mean, obviously, he struggled with the Jets, but I think he deserves a second chance at this rate. What he did with this defense, when healthy, is mostly really impressive. You can't judge him off one bad play. Yeah, indeed. Bruce Arians, I think, was quoted as saying that um, they're going to reload, not rebuild next year. So I presume he'd be asking for Brady back. Otherwise, they might be on the look for a free agent quarterback um, or a trade or anything. But uh, it doesn't look, seem like they have uh, a quarterback. Uh, who are their other quarterbacks? Blaine Gabbert, correct? And um, Kyle Trask, the rookie as well. Oh, but I, they did I draft the quarterback. Having much of an impact. No. Okie dokie, yes, the Rams moving on. Tampa Bay eliminated, and that led us. So we had three games with walk-off game-winning field goals by visiting kickers, and we thought, Bill's Chiefs is going to have to be pretty amazing um, to, uh, I guess, become the best game of the weekend. And I, it's fair to say it over-delivered, Gordo. Um, the third time we've seen these two teams since the AFC Championship game last year, the fourth time in the last two season. And it may have started off a little bit slow and taken as well, but when it got hot, it got stunningly hot. 25 points in the final two minutes. Um, overtime, I think the best quarterback duel I've ever seen live. Flawless play on both sides. Not much defensive play. High scoring, drama, I mean, uh, to the nth degree. In the end, the Chiefs win it in sudden death overtime, 42 to 36. The first possession touchdown, as we mentioned uh, in our intro, that is a rule that's going to be dissected as it always is when a team loses that way in the playoffs, as the Chiefs did in Patrick Mahomes' first season as a starter in the championship game. Um, whew, we all needed a deep breath after this one. I think you were work, Gorder, and then went home to watch it. This was absolutely stunning. We're going to start from um, coming out of the two-minute warning. We can go back to the others. So uh, 
fourth and 13 this was um down by four points um the buffalo bills essentially season on the line um and uh, my cues the cornerback slips over uh, and you have a wide open um gabriel davis in the end zone uh, for a touchdown he ended up with four touchdowns on the day which has never been done by anybody um in postseason history that gets the Bills back in front, leaves Patrick Mahomes. There's one minute 52 in the end with the ball. Um, turns out he only needed half of that time um, hitting Tyreek Hill on the run. Um, well, he actually waved. It should have been a torting penalty. But, um, yes, hitting Hill for 64 yards across the middle um, on second and 10 for a touchdown, leaving a minute and two for Josh Allen and the Bills. Um, they head down the field, 28-yard pass, 12-yard pass, 16-yard pass. And then, again, Gabriel Davis with 13 seconds to go from 19 yards out in the middle of the end zone for a touchdown. And you thought, well, that had to be it. Um, but then a critical mistake on special teams. They don't squib the ball, which, of course, would keep the clock running. They kick it into the end zone for a touchback. Maybe they didn't want to risk Tyreek Hill returning. Um, Mahomes with 13 seconds to go, a full complement of timeouts, it must be said. I suggest you will go watch Dan Olovsky's video on ESPN about how they did this. They're so well coached, this team. They're so well prepared for situational football. Um, he completed a pass to the left to Tyree Kill with two blockers, allowed him to go uh, about uh, 19 yards up the field, immediate timeout, eight seconds to go, 25-yard pass to Travis Kelsey, found a little hole in that kind of prevent zone defense for 25 yards up to the 31. And suddenly in, in the space of about 11 seconds, they um, got all the way up to the Buffalo 31. A 49-yard field goal from Harrison. Buck was good. He'd had a few misses, one before the half from outside 50 and an extra point. He hit when he needed to. Uh, and then, yes, it got the ball first in overtime. It all came down to the coin flick. Josh Allen saying tails, it was a heads. And then four-yard rush, five-yard pass, 10-yard pass, two-yard rush, 16-yard pass, four-yard pass, 26-yard pass to Mikkel Harbin, and then the touchdown, the winner to Travis Kelsey from eight yards away. 42-36, to 36, the Chiefs win a thrill. And now, Gordo, you didn't watch this live. You watched this on delay. It's always a, an interesting one. What were your takeaways when you're watching this game happen, um, albeit a little bit in delay? I think the biggest one is that the Bills absolutely should have kicked it short with 13 seconds left. I mean, yes, you're risking a, a return of some sort, but you've got to run the clock there. Um, mm. Realistically, if they kick it short, I think they probably win this game. Um, yeah. You're probably forcing Mahomes to throw it way deeper than he actually did have what, maybe eight seconds, nine seconds at most if you're returning it, or if they take a knee immediately, you're down at like the one or two or five yard line or whatever to go way further. So, mm. yes, yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, I'm also, I mean, I'm taking away that Josh Allen, I think, might be my favorite quarterback in football at the yeah. moment. He's just, he's just incredible. Um, this Bills team, they were the number one defense. So, I think the defense really let them down. In the end, coming into this game, I think everyone was thinking, okay, yep, they're going to be a real chance here. And the defense really let them down in the end. They just could not get a stop at all. Mahomes pretty much did whatever he wanted. Um, and the Bills just had to play keep-up, which, I mean, to, in credit to them, they absolutely did. Um, but I really expected more from this defense, especially considering this is really what they've been building to for mm. about a year now. I mean, Beating the, the Chiefs. Thing, yeah, the whole thing all year has been, oh, we want to get back to the playoffs, whether it was the championship game or whether it was the divisional round. We want to get back there. We want to beat the Chiefs. And the defense really let them down in the end. Yeah, I, just, I think that's about all you can say. Well, I mean, talking about Josh Allen um, 
And it's not just the bullets he was throwing. We saw the two touchdowns of the four total to Gabriel Davis. Escapability in the pocket. On that drive that I was talking about, started with 8.55, went all the way down to 1.54. So it took, what's that, seven minutes. Um, There was multiple times on third and fourth down plays where looked like he would be sacked. Two guys had chances at him. He he was kind of just dancing away from them in the pocket, buying time, and then he ran um, for first down. I'm trying to find, I think it's... he completed one to Beasley on third down, but there was another one. Third and one, he rushed for three yards. Uh, and then, of course, third and six. A fourth and four he had. That was the first fourth down at the 30 where um, he, he just uh, he bought time. He, as I say, danced away from two defenders, one of them Frank Clark in the backfield, and then running for the first down. And then, of course, that fourth and 13. On, on third and six, uh, he actually made an error. He dumped it off Devin Singletree in the backfield who got immediately mauled by uh, Chris Jones, but on fourth and 13, made up for it all with that zinger to Gabriel Davis. Yes, he was alone in the end zone, but um, that's lights out. Um, I think he's had nine passing touchdowns and he ha- in the playoffs through two games. So he's like three away from the record. Of course, he won't be playing anymore. And um, he had the best quarterback rating ever in the playoffs and the other top three all won Super Bowl. So a very tough pill to swallow from this offense in particular. But as you said, Gordo, the defense did let them down in a big spot. I don't know what they were playing with 30 seconds to go. I wonder if that harms Leslie Frazier's head coaching um, candidacy. I don't think Brian Dable's going to be in trouble. I think he'll either get the Bears or the Giants job. Um, but yeah, this was a team that was what? First in yards defensively, first in points defensively, first in passing yards defensively, first in third down conversion, and first in first downs. And as you say, they couldn't get it done. And as you said, that was the point. They beat New England, but the next one, they had to knock off the Chiefs and they'll likely go to the Super Bowl. That hasn't happened and they'll be back next year um, probably wanting more. But that's a really tough end. For the Chiefs, Gordo, four straight AFC Championship games hosting in a row. That's every year that Mahomes has been the starter. Credit to him and Reid and Enemy and everyone involved. Steve Spagnolo is probably breathing a sigh of relief because his unit really almost lost the game for them. But um, they've got a very good chance now to go back to the Super Bowl for a third consecutive season. Yeah, I mean, they've got to go in favourites into this one. I know the Bengals beat them earlier in the year, but realistically, I think the Chiefs win this. Um, I love what the Bengals have done, but it feels like the Chiefs are probably in the best spot to win the entire thing at this point. I think they're better than the Rams. They're better than the Niners. They're way better than the Bengals, I think. Uh, it'd be a real disappointment if they were to lose either one from the on out. Well, it's interesting. If Patrick Mahomes wins that second Super Bowl in his what's that, fourth season as a starter, fifth total... Is he is Tom Brady the only one he hasn't gotten past? You think of other, I mean, Terry Bradshaw won more Super Bowls, probably wasn't as talented. Tom Brady had two early on. He won in two thousand one and then three four. Um, does is is Brady the? I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers has always talked about he does only have that one Super Bowl. It, it you know it's it's a fact to point out. Would you say that he has usurped someone like a Rodgers and a Breeze? And if and this is a hypothetical, Mahomes is able to to win the Super Bowl in a three weeks time. He is. It's only Brady he's got left to catch. I mean, it does feel super early to be doing this, but I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I mean, this is an unparalleled start to a career. Um, I mean, I've I've never seen anything like it. He is probably the best quarterback I've ever seen play. Um, And, I mean, yeah, it is at this point just longevity, I think, that's keeping him from being 1A to – or 1B to Brady's 1A at this point. Um, Another Super Bowl probably does put him above Rodgers, definitely above Brees. Um, yeah, you have Manning. To Manning, I mean, has two, yeah, two, but the five MVPs I think takes a lot to catch up to. That's correct. Yes. It's probably it's probably only Manning and Brady really ahead of him at this point if he goes on and wins. 
Montana also, but it's a different era. I don't think it's really comparable. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I mean, this is the case with some of them, but hasn't always had like a very amazing defense. So uh, it's absolutely stunning what he's done. And, you know, the likes of Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, um, uh, who else is it? Kyla Murray this year was a bit of a hype for a while. Yes, they are, you know, talents, but they kind of come and go with form. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, there was a brief period earlier this year, but he's shown he can do it on a consistent level and his team is one win away from yet another Super Bowl. I'm not, I have to look up, but by oh, the Patriots, I was going to say, when's the last time a team went to three straight Super Bowls? You don't have to look very far. The Patriots made it uh, in Super Bowl 51, 52 and 53. So, um, yeah, long way to go, as I say, to catch them, but uh, very impressive from the Chiefs. Um, they're moving on once again. And a lovely quote from Andy Reid uh, as to what he said to Mahomes with 13 seconds to go. When it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. So um, an amazing 13-second play, really tough for the Bills. But Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, when it mattered most, um, he went back to his number one guys. Um, and it was the first game in playoff history, Gorda, with three go-ahead touchdowns in the final two minutes. We couldn't have asked of anything better. Um, we've seen a season with so many good games. I mean, you go back to week one, that Monday night game with the Raiders and the Ravens. We had, um, I mean, they're, they're all f- f- hazing into one for me. We had that Chargers game against the Browns. We had, I mean, the Chiefs game against the Ravens. We had the stunning Raiders-Chargers game to conclude the regular season. And now we've had this. This may be the best season for dramatic finishes. We've been so lucky uh, to be able to cover this year. Yeah, no, it's been incredible. I mean, the only downside has been the overtime rules and whatever and, mm. I mean, if that's your biggest gripe, I think it's been a pretty good weekend. What do you reckon, if I had to ask you now, what you think is the percentage chance that they change that rule and we're seeing similar to kind of in college where not completely similar to college, but similar as to if they score a touchdown, you have a right of reply. What do you think the percentage chances that we see that rule change next year? I don't know if it'd be the college rules, but I think there's a pretty big chance something gets yeah. done. Whether it is the other team gets a possession, whether yeah. it is college rules or... I mean, I saw one idea floated. You just continue playing. Like, like okay, uh, whoever has the ball at the end of regulation or if it's a, someone's just scored a touchdown, you just keep going and play another 10 minutes and just see what happens after that. But yeah, That's pretty similar. No, well, I, the reason I wouldn't see that going is if the team is at the 50-yard line, they shouldn't get to restart at the 50-yard line because you, that's the thing that people don't like is just throwing the 60 minutes in the drain and then starting afresh at 0-0, which kind of, I guess, is what you do. But um, I, I, re- I really find it hard for them to just abolish it. Why didn't they do it three years ago when the Chiefs can play? Why would it take the Bills to do it? Um, and, of course, because the college rules are – now, correct me if I'm wrong, is it you get two goes and then you start doing two-point conversions, right? You get the ball at the one-yard line or something, and then it's just whoever can make the most of them in a row without failing. I think they changed it a couple of years ago to that. Before that, it was just literally, okay, you get the ball, I think, at the 25 or the 30, and you just keep going until one person or one team can't match. That yeah, well, seems to me like the best option. Yeah, and, and better for time-wise. You don't want an overtime going on for 45 minutes. Well, I mean, I haven't looked at the court, the TV ratings, but they would have been amazing from this weekend. Um, showed us that football is, we have to say, the best sport out there. Stunning. And we've got two great matchups at Arrowhead Stadium. The Bengals at the Chiefs, 7 a.m. Australia time. What is that? 2 p.m. Central time in the U.S. And then the Niners at the Rams, a divisional matchup on Fox uh, 10.30 a.m. Australia time. What's that? 3.30 uh, in the afternoon. Of course, it's Pacific time in L.A. What a scene for the City of Angels. They get the NFC Championship game. They get the Super Bowl. Possibly the second year in a row we see a team that is hosting the Super Bowl in it. That had never happened, and now we can see it happening two years in a row. Absolutely stunning. Can't wait for it, Gordon. We'll see you back here later on in the week um, for our preview of the championship weekend. Yeah, no, it should be fun.
Absolutely. As always, uh, link to the blog in the description, link to Twitter in the description, and thanks to Kevin Club Music Songs for Final Armor. Link to that in the description. Uh, what a weekend of football. I suggest you go back and rewatch all the games, in particular, uh, maybe not the Packers game for Gordo's sake, but in particular that Chiefs Bills game. What a finish. Uh, and we'll hope for some more good football in the championship game, uh, championship weekend. Uh, and until then, we'll see you on Friday. Bye for now.